Would you turn with me in the scripture, please, uh, to uh, Matthew, the 25th chapter, and also we're going to Proverbs, the 20th chapter, Matthew 25, Proverbs 20. We begin, I guess it was last week, talking about a new series we're calling Faithfulness, Faithfulness. And I'm very excited about it. There is a dimension of things here that I'm convinced will open up to us. And this affects not just the here and now, but eternity. And as we go into this, please don't presume you already know what we're talking about. Because even if you've got light from a verse, you don't have all the light from it. Nobody has all the light. It's alive. His word is living and alive. So no matter what you thought you saw of it yesterday, you can see something else tomorrow. It's living. And uh, also, do not look at these verses and things with a negative slant. You know, a lot of times people don't like to talk about these things. They think, oh, that's, I don't like thinking about that. I, uh, thinking about judgment and Thinking about the judgment seat of Christ and thinking about whether I'm faithful or not and whether we'll get reward or not. Well, uh, we better think about it because now's when we can do something about it. And in a few days, this is going to be past. Our life is going to be over just like this, even if you live a long time. And uh, the Bible talks about instead of, you know, dreading that day, we can actually look forward to his coming. And be excited about it because we're not going to be judged with the unbelievers. We're already accepted in Him. And we have also to look forward to reward and blessing because we have been faithful over a few things. He said He'd make you ruler over much. Somebody say, what a deal. (laughs) Matthew 25, are you there? Matthew 25 Jesus is teaching, and he said, Matthew 25, that uh, verse 14, he said, The kingdom of God is as a man traveling into a far country. He called his own servants and delivered to them his goods. This is verse 14 of chapter 25. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. You know, we ought not compare ourselves with each other. The scripture says, if you compare yourselves among yourselves, you are not wise. You don't understand. You don't know. Uh, Because how many understand it's not fair to compare the results of a man who was given five to the results of a man who was given two? Hmm? And you don't know what somebody was given. Because you don't know their ability. God does. And he's not just looking at quantity. And he's not just looking at who is the most well known or notoriety. He's looking as we'll see in this uh, passage for faithfulness. Faithfulness. And all you can be faithful with is what you had. Right? You can't be faithful with what you didn't have. Can't be faithful with opportunities you didn't get. But you can be faithful with what you did have. Keep reading. 
Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with them and made them other five talents. Likewise, he that had received two, he gained other two. But he that received one, he went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants comes and reckons with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents. He said, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said to him, Well done, you good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. He also that had received the two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done. Good and faithful servant, you have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. That sounds exactly what he said to the man that had ten. Why? Because he was just as faithful with his two as that man was with his five. He had the same results. His were doubled. Now, he only had four compared to the guy's ten, but he only was given two. So he was just as faithful as the man that had ten. And so he heard the same words. How many want to hear those words one day? How many of you really, not just a passing thing, you really want to hear those words? You want to stand before the Lord and have him look at you and call your name? And say, well done. Well, you did well. Good job. Good and faithful servant. You have been faithful to me. We're talking about the head of the church. The Lord Jesus. Talking to you. Looking at you. Saying, you have been faithful to me. In a few things that I gave you now. Be ruler over all this. Enter into my joy. How many know any sweat, any toil, any difficulty of the past life is not even going to be a faint memory at that point, right? (laughs) All you're looking at right now is being ruler over much (laughs) and entering into the joy of the Lord. (laughs) But there was another guy. Just had one talent. Now, you can see why the Lord didn't give him five. You know, the scripture says, to him that hath shall more be given. To him that hath not shall be taken away even what he has. Why would that be? Some people say, it seems like some people that already have, they just keep getting more and more. And other people, they don't have anything to start with and they lose what they have. That don't seem right. God is fair and perfectly just. But he knows who will do something with it. And who won't? You know, it's been uh, bannered around socialism, communism, and there's different groups and different philosophies. There's a camp in our own country has the same mentality. We need to divide the wealth up among everybody. We just need to divide it up among everybody. And how long do you think it would stay that way? Not long at all. 
Now, a lot of people don't like that. They think, well, I, no, I think it would. No? No? Because you give somebody a million dollars, you know what they're going to do with it? The same thing they're doing with their hundred dollars. And said, oh, no. Now, if I had some serious money, I could make it. No, Jesus said, if you're not faithful with the little, you wouldn't be faithful with much. And he's right. Hmm? So what would you do with $10 million? You would do exactly what you're doing with what you got right now. So how does the Lord know he can give you more? Well, we're having fun already, aren't we? <laughs> I'm telling you, the Lord is huge on this. Huge on this faithfulness and this stewardness. And you know how we are around here. We just got started on this. We're going to camp on this. We're going to talk about faithfulness, faithfulness, faithfulness until you're muttering in your sleep. Faithful. Be, be faithful. <laughs> <laughs> and if something about your unrenewed mind bothers you about hearing it or about your flesh or if there's a bit of laziness there or whatever, well, just get past it. Get over it because this life is short and our time of opportunity is passing us by quickly. We are opportunity to do things that we can prove ourselves faithful and be rewarded for is happening right now. It's going on now. But uh, God knows who to give more to. And it's not hard to see. If you're thinking about turning something over to somebody and you're not sure about their character, well, hand them a broom. (laughs) Hand them a broom. Hand them a cleaning cloth. Put them out behind the building where nobody can see them. Have them pick up sticks. Dig a hole, whatever it is. See what they do with it. Now see, we got all kind of people who go, well now, but this is not my call. <laughs> and if you'd give me something important, something that is in keeping with my abilities, then you'd see what I can do. Not according to Jesus. And I believe what he said. If you're not faithful in the little things, you would not be faithful in much. And so God is watching what we're doing with what we've got right now. If you won't tithe off a thousand dollars, you wouldn't tithe off ten million either. Hmm? If you won't obey God, if he tells you to sow twenty dollars to that brother or sister of yours, if you won't obey him in that twenty, you're not faithful for him to give two million to. You won't obey. He knows it. The little things matter. Don't they? They matter hugely. Because it's not just about the size of the thing that you're dealing with. It's not just about the significance or importance of the charge. It is the integrity of yourself. It is the faithfulness. It is the submission and the obedience. Somebody say faithful. Well, I can tell y'all are excited about this already. I can see. Glory to God. We're off to a running start here. Okay. Hold on. There was another guy 
beside the one that had uh, five and the one that got two, and we were saying we know why the Lord didn't give him five. And you know, he might have felt slighted when the Lord was passing out the talents. He gave this guy five. He gave this guy two. He only gave him one. Oh, well. <laughs> five, two, one. But how many understand, if he did think that way, he shouldn't have been thinking that way. What you should be thinking about is, I got to handle this one right. I got to do something with my opportunity here. I got to be faithful. Instead of fussing about somebody else got more than me, you better be focusing on what you got, what's in your hand. And so he went and digged in the earth, and he hid his. And verse 24, he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you had not sown and gathering where you have not strawed, and I was afraid. Fear will ruin you. Fear will keep you from stepping out. Fear will keep you from being faithful. Everybody say that out loud. Fear Fear. will keep you you. from being faithful. So many have not been faithful because of fear. And it is not an excuse. He went on to say, I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the earth. And lo, here you have what is yours. Here it is. I didn't lose it. Here it is. The Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and slothful, lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I sowed not, and I gather where I have not strawed. You ought therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming should have received my own with usury. You could have at least done that. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it to him which has ten talents. For unto every one that has shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that has not shall be taken away even that he has. And cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Everybody wants to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. But is everybody faithful? Is everybody going to hear that? The same. We have example of three different individuals. Two of them heard it. One of them didn't hear it. Are you going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, if you have not been faithful? You see, people don't like to think about this, but we need to not play church. We need to understand how short this thing is. And what's going on? How many understand in just a few days, just a few blinks of an eye, just a few heartbeats, you're going to be standing in front of the judgment seat of Christ? Not you and mama, not you and daddy, not you and your spouse or your kid, just you. Just you by yourself and you go and give an account of what you've done with your life. Now most people think about that and they just get terrified. But you shouldn't have to be terrified if you're doing everything you know how to do. With what the Lord's given you, you got no reason to fear. In fact, you'd look forward to it. Because <laughs> you know what you're going to hear. But the reason why people get quiet when you start talking about these things is because we got a lot of folks that are not faithful. And uh, we live in a world where no fault religion 
is popular. We got millions of folks that go to church. And what they want to hear and what the preachers preach to them is that no matter what happens, it's not your fault. No matter what doesn't happen, it's not your fault. (laughs) No matter what happens for you or doesn't happen for you, it's not my fault either. Well, whose fault is it? God's ways are mysterious. Well, that's just another way of saying it's his fault. (laughs) How many understand when Adam and Eve missed it? What immediately started happening? (laughs) Adam, have you taken the fruit I commanded you not to eat? He said, this woman, this woman. This woman, did you see anywhere except here? Any, as long as it's this way, not not that way. Friend, this is a whole other message, and it is a such an important message. One of the biggest indicators that somebody is actually beginning to develop and grow up spiritually is that they are beginning to take responsibility. For what's happening in their life. They're beginning to take responsibility for their own actions. Instead of blaming everybody and making excuses and everything. How many say we live in a world of excuses? Everything is somebody else's fault. Well, it's the Democrats' fault. It's the Republicans' fault. It was Mama and them's fault. It's the economy's fault. It's the government's fault. It's this fault. It's the denomination's fault. It's we don't know. We don't know. It's, it's God's fault. You got to come right back here. Right back here. Why is my life the way it is? It's because of what I have done and what I haven't done, what I have believed, what I have not believed. A faithful man will abound in blessings. It is written, has to be true. Go with me to Proverbs if you're there. Everybody wants to hear, well done. Is everybody going to hear, well done? Apparently not. This guy didn't hear, well done. What did he hear? You wicked, lazy servant. You knew what I expected. You knew. And you didn't even try. Well, I've already made up my mind. That's not what I'm going to hear. I only had four people agree with them. Come on now. You, you do not want to lose me on this. How about you? Huh? Me. Well, why are you saying all this, Brother Keith? Well, first of all, I'm just reading out of the Bible. But we need to break out of this religious tradition and this idea of spiritual socialism. There is a form of spiritual socialism, spiritual communism that people believe. They believe when they get to heaven. Everybody's going to have a white block mansion 
with pillars on the front. And they look the same. They all look the same. Your mansion will be just like mine. Mine will be just like yours. We all got a little white mansion on the Timothy's, no, no. The Bible said in the resurrection, we are going to differ in glory like the stars do. Some stars, you can barely see them. Others are in your face. How many understand from this parable right here that Jesus taught? Some, oh, not a parable, I shouldn't say that. Uh, Part of it is just, is revelation prophecy of the future. Some are going to rule over two cities. Some are going to rule over one. Some are going to rule over five. Some are going to be responsible for more than others. And it's going to be based on what we did down here. How faithful we were. In Proverbs, did you find it? Proverbs chapter 20. The scripture says, 20 verse 6, Most men will proclaim every one his own goodness. But a faithful man, who can find? Let me read this to you from other translations. Many will say they are loyal friends. But who can find one who is truly reliable? The NCV. Many claim to be loyal, but it's hard to find a trustworthy person. The English version. Everyone talks about how loyal and faithful he is, but just try to find someone who really is. Everybody likes to think, I'm faithful. You can count on me. I'm trustworthy. I'm faithful. But what's the reality? The reality is that faithful people are not everywhere. Hmm? Is everybody faithful? No. In fact, really faithful people are rare. Rare. They're not everywhere. Everybody's not reliable. Everybody's not trustworthy. Not everyone is faithful. You can't control them. What you can do is make up your mind. Come on now. You can make up your mind that with God's help, you are going to be one of the faithful ones. You are going to be one of the ones that will hear, well done. Good and faithful servant. Well done. Come on, close your eyes and see yourself standing there. See yourself standing before the Lord Most High. He called your name. Tom, Keith, Susie, Betty, Bobby. Well done. He's talking about your whole life on the earth. Well done. Well done. Good and faithful servant. You were faithful to me in your life over a few things that I gave you. Now, be ruler over much. Come on in here. Enter into my joy. The joy 
of the Lord, the eternal joy. Well, it's okay to think about the reward and the joy and the rule over much for about that long, but then we better get our mind off of that and get our mind on being faithful. Because that's what qualifies us for all that. Faithful. Faithful. A lot of people say they're faithful. But he said a faithful person who can find. What does it mean to be faithful? Let me give you the definition that we talked about last time. But we're going to go further into it. If you look up the words, the word faithful means trustworthy. To be trusted. Or reliable. If a person is faithful, you can trust them. If a person is faithful, you can rely on them, you can count on them. Somebody say reliable. Reliable. You can trust them. You can trust them. In studying this and thinking about this, I saw you can reduce this definition to one word. What is faithful? What is faithfulness? I can tell you in one word. God. (laughs) God is faithful. Everything that you ever wanted to know about faithfulness, you see in Him. And if you want to be faithful... You want to be like Him. Say it out loud. God is faithful. Say it again. God is Say it again. God is faithful. Faithful. I mean, I won't take the time, but I got whole pages of verses where it said God is faithful. God is faithful. He's the faithful creator. He's the faithful high priest. He's just and faithful to forgive us of our sins. Jesus is the faithful witness. Faithful, faithful, faithful. Say it again. God is faithful. Faithful. What does He expect of us? To be faithful. In other words, He's faithful to us. Can we trust Him completely? Can we rely on Him every time? What about the other way, though? Can He trust you? A lot of times people don't want to talk about that. They think, well, no, all of us fail so miserably. and you know, They want to leave the impression God can't count on anybody. That's not true. God has people he can count on. God has people he can rely on. God has people he can trust. God has go-to people. (laughs) When he needs something done, if he deals with 40 people and nobody will obey him, he can tap this one on the shoulder and they'll do it every time. And that's why some people keep getting other people's blessings. Some people keep getting used over and over and over again because others are not obeying. And it's sad. You got this in virtually every church in the world where you got a handful of people that are overworked and a bunch of people doing nothing. Now thank God we're not like that here. We got a lot of people involved. 
A lot of people working and serving the Lord. But, you know, we'd be kidding ourselves to act like we got 100%. Or even close to it. Well, the people that are doing nothing, are they being faithful? To what? Faithful to what? Well, I'm faithful to work at my job. Okay. I'm faithful to my family. Okay. That's great. That's good. What about the kingdom of God? Should we be doing something with the kingdom of God? Something. Should we be faithful? Does it matter if it's a big important job and everybody knows it? Or is it important no matter how small it may seem if it's for the kingdom? If it's for Jesus, is it important? Somebody say faithful. Faithful. Say it again, faithful. Faithful. Tell me in one word what faithfulness is. God. God. Is faithful. Now I want to mention two things to you this morning. Have you got the time? That God is. That helps you to see what faithfulness is. We're going to go on as time allows us. But these two things. Man if you didn't get anything else. But you got these two things. It could change your life forever. Number one. God is faithful. How do we see his faithfulness? How do we know what faithfulness is? God is always there. You can't be faithful if you're not there. (laughs) Can you be a faithful mother and you're never there? A faithful daddy, you're never there. A faithful leader, but you're never there. A faithful helper, but you never show. How many understand, no matter how hard a worker you think you are, or what kind of skills you think you've got, if you never showed up, (laughs) if you were supposed to be there and you didn't show, that's unfaithful. Being faithful is being there. I know that sounds simple, but it it is so important. It's such a big deal. How many know God is there. He said, don't turn there, but just listen. I'm going to read some of these to you. Matthew 28, 20. He said, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. The New Living said, Be sure of this. I am with you always. The easy to read said, You can be sure I will be with you always. I will continue with you until the end of time. He's always there. Somebody say faithful. 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 Turn to Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13. And verse 5. What kind of, uh, if an employee is faithful, how could you know it? They're there. (laughs) Always there. When they're supposed to be there. What about a faithful church member? Always there. Always there. What about the people that just don't show? Hmm? Always something else going on. How many understand the enemy will bring something up if it'll knock you out of going? Phyllis and I sometimes just shake our heads. 
We'll have people tell us, you know, oh, I'm coming to that. The Lord told me to be there. I'm going to be there. So we, you know, even sometimes help make preparation for some people and do some things. And they call, you know, the last minute. I can't come. Uh, Johnny stumped his toe. And, uh, you know, the dog's got a bad case of fleas. And, and I can't come. And we've got to change oil in the pickup. And, boy, there's a lot of weeds in the tomatoes. We're going to have to get them. Get out the weeds. Now you're laughing, but do you know what I'm talking about? And we just shake our head, especially as the meeting goes on and we are hearing life-changing revelation that we know they needed to hear. They were supposed to be there. They were supposed to be getting that. Why aren't they there? Unfaithful. And why can't the Lord give them more? Why do they go 5 and 10 and 20 years and they still don't have much? I'm not just talking about material things. I'm talking about anointing. I'm talking about revelation. I'm talking about being used of God. Well, they hadn't been faithful. If you're not faithful with an instruction to go to a meeting, you wouldn't be faithful with the church. How many understand if the Lord says be there? I don't care if it's snow, if it's ice, if gas is $100 a gallon. Come on now, you're going to help me with this or not. If God says go to the meeting, then you believe God. You do what you need to do. I know one of the first meetings that the Lord told us to go to, Phyllis and I, it was several states away, and we were just, you know, little country people and didn't know anything about uh much of anything, and we finally, we got so strong in our spirit, we're supposed to go to that meeting. We didn't know how. We didn't have a decent car. We didn't have any money for a hotel room. Nothing. We started believing God. We started believing God and made plans to go and told people, we going. (laughs) Didn't have a clue how we going, but we going. We going. We going. And the last week before we were supposed to go, people came to work and handed me money. They came to Phyllis's place, handed her money. Some of our family loaned us a car to go in. <laughs> Glory to God. But as we were driving out, we didn't know if we had enough money to stay out there all week. We began to pull out money and count it while we're going and begin to shout because we had more money than we thought we had. And we realize we can stay all week and eat something maybe once in a while besides nachos or something. (laughs) But if you'd have been looking for an excuse not to go, you'd have had 200 of them. Easy. I ain't got a decent car. Hadn't got money. Hadn't got this. Don't know how to do this. Got this at the job. Got this. That is not all people are telling you is I am unfaithful. When they keep making these excuses, all they're saying is, I'm unfaithful. When the Lord tells you to be somewhere, if you're faithful, you'll be there. You'll be where you're supposed to be, when you're supposed to be there. Can you say amen? Amen. What does it mean to be faithful? Be there. Did you find Hebrews 13.5? Are you there? He said, let your conversation be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. 
That doesn't mean you can't believe for something better. It just means you're content while you're believing for it. You're not such that you think you can't be happy until I get that. Now that's covetousness. And he said for, uh, he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. The Amplified says, he God himself has said, I will not in any way fail you nor give you up nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not. I will not in any degree leave you helpless or forsake you or let you down. Hallelujah. How many know God will always be there? Can you count on it? Whether you feel like he's there or you don't feel like he's there, he's there. He's there. The Weiss translation says, he himself has said, and the statement is on record, I will not. I will not cease to sustain you and uphold you. I will not, I will not, I will not let you down. Now, why is it there three times? You saw it in the Amplified. You saw it in the Weiss because it's in the original Greek. How many know if God said it one time, it would have been true? But he knows the nature of this world and our flesh and our mind. And he wants us to have strong consolation. He says, I will not. I will not, I will not leave you or forsake you or let you down. Glory to God. So will he be there for you? When you need him, will he be there? When you reach up and pray and you call on him and you believe in him, can you count on him? Will he be reliable? Will he come through for you? Every time. Every time you are his child, like father, like son and daughter, you are a faithful child of a faithful God. Can he count on you? I mean, we can't even imagine a God who's not faithful. Can we? We can't even imagine going, where's God? He was supposed to be here. Can you imagine them standing at the Red Sea? Pharaoh and his armies bearing down on them? And God being late? <laughs> God shows up a few hours late. And instead of the Pharaoh's armies floating in the Red Sea, it's his people. They're all slaughtered and dead because God was late. He goes, well, it's a big universe. You know, I got a lot going on. (laughs) I'm just a couple of hours late. You can't imagine God not showing up. You can't imagine God being late. Can you? Why? Because he can't be unfaithful. How about you? How about me? Are we faithful? Are we faithful? What does that mean? It means we'll be there. Right? If there's any way we can. Now he's God. We're human. But if we can be there, if we said we'd be there, we know we're supposed to be there. If you don't show, you are unfaithful. 
And looking back over our life, God gave Phyllis and I some of the greatest opportunities already to be a part. He let us serve with the Hagans, Brother Kenneth Hagan, for 20 plus years. And sometimes people might have a romanticized idea of how that was. We, over the years, came to know him personally and had a lot of personal and close fellowship with him. Not in the beginning, but in the end. But... Uh, you know how it began? I showed up. I wasn't invited by them. Are you listening? I showed up. And then later on, the Lord began to deal with Phyllis about the, she was supporting in some other things. But then she showed up and then we showed up. What do you mean? Well... Back uh, nearly 30 years ago, 25 plus years ago, I was sitting there in a classroom, just got there, went behind the ears, nobody knew me, I didn't know anybody there, and the Lord spoke to my heart. I don't mean to heard an audible voice, but very specifically, I was sitting there, Brother Hagin was teaching, and the Lord said to me, help Brother Hagin. Three words. Had no idea that was my directive from heaven for the next 20 some years. Help Brother Hagen. Well, he didn't know me. How do I help him? I thought, that's from the Lord. How do I help him? He don't even know me. Looks like he's got plenty of help. <laughs> How can I help him? How many understand? None of that matters. None of that is the issue. The issue is, am I going to be faithful now? What he tell me? Help Brother Hagen. I don't know if he told Brother Hagen I was going to help him. He never told me that he did. He had a lot of people around there, a lot of students around there. I'm just another wet behind the ear student. And I realized, how can I help him? How can I help? I can pray for him. That's help. I can show up in these classes and use my faith. And in these services after the classes, I felt like I was supposed to be in healing school. I can believe with him for utterance. I can help him like that. Other folk might be drifting, but I can be there on the edge of my chair and I can have faith. I can be believing for the anointing on him. I can be believing for utterance for every moment. I can do that. And so I was there. Somebody say there. There. Every day, every day, I was right there on the front row. I was there, there, there. Sun shining, cold, hot, feel good, feel bad, bills due, extra money, not enough money. I was there, 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 there. Somebody say there. Somebody say there. And then, you know, he said, you know, we need somebody to go next door and greet people and then after the service if they got questions about being saved or that kind of thing I thought well Brother Hagin needs help he didn't call my name he didn't know me we need somebody and so I was one of the ones and I was there somebody say there I was there there and we shook hands and filled out forms and 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 shook hands. <laughs> and then we answered questions. Answered questions. 
<laughs> Boy, one of my jobs in helping Brother Hagen, they put me in the information booth. <laughs> oh, brother. Talk about people having you captive. You can't get away. And I was in the information booth at places like camp meeting. And there are thousands of people. And you're just there and you smile all day. Hi. And if people want to share their special revelation with you for an hour. (laughs) But they needed help. So I was there. Somebody say there. There. So then they said, uh, you know, we need somebody to help in the new healing center. We need somebody to volunteer for this, set up and tear down. We need somebody to do this. And I was there. And I was there. Year after year. After year. Eventually they came to me. Of course, you know, if you're there every day for years, they begin to find out who you are. (laughs) And... (laughs) You know, isn't it something how some people wonder why they won't ever call on me and they ain't been there in the last three months. I mean, this don't even make sense. Well, if I thought they'd call on me, I'd show up. And we've had any number of people say, well, now, you know, uh, if you have anything, open up on the platform. That's really my call. Well, (laughs) if you're not there, For something else, you wouldn't be there for that. Faithfulness is such a deal. And so, time progressed. Finally, they said, you know, we need somebody to teach in the Bible school. Well, I had somebody ask me, how would you believe to get to be an instructor in the Bible school? I didn't. I was just there. (laughs) They knew I'd be there. You know who gets used? You know who gets called on? Gets used? It's the people that's there. You know, Jesus taught about this, didn't he? He said the master made a great supper. Remember that? And he invited people to come. And what'd they say? I can't, you know, I'd like to. I'd like to come, but you know, I, we got some stuff going on at the office, and I just got to be there. And, and you know, one guy said, I bought some oxen. That's his business, and I, I got to take care of that. One said, you know, I, I got this. One said, you know, I just got married, and you know I can't come. And I actually had this one time a man came to me and gave me some excuses why he was supposed to be a part of something in the ministry, and he wasn't going to be there, and it wasn't going to happen. And I said, okay, I understand, I understand. And he walked away, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, now you understand, just because you said it was okay, doesn't mean I said it was okay for him not to be there. I said, I understand. I said, but that's not my job, is it, Lord? He said, no, no, that's between me and him. But you need to teach that. Just because the pastor or the preacher tells you it's okay, you don't have to be there, doesn't mean the Lord said it was okay. So... I was there, I was there, and for a number of years. And then Phyllis and I felt like we were supposed to emphasize the ministry God had called us to with some more. I went and sat down with Brother Hagin, talked to him, and he said, well, you're not getting any younger, you better get to it. And so we, I resigned from the school, and we're traveling more and more, and we're doing more things. And uh, I was at a place praying. And uh, we're having a meeting, and things were going real well, more invitations than we could get to, and we'd been traveling for years beside that, but the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, I never released you from helping Brother Hagin. 
I thought, huh, really? What do I do? He said, you better find him. I thought, well, how are we going? I went and talked to Phyllis about it, and we prayed about it. We found out where they were and showed up and said, we're here. I said, of course, they know us by this time. I said, you know, can we talk to you? And he said, yeah, and he called us over to the room after service, and we said, we don't know what it is, but and they had such wonderful people all around them and so many kind of good things going on. We said, we don't, can you use us anyway? We're available. And so we paid our way and we showed up at meeting, every meeting, and we showed up there and, and Phyllis said, can I iron your clothes and can we do this and can I drive your car? And I said, and we were there and you know we got used. I said, we got used. We got called on. We got used. Who gets used? Come on, tell me. Who gets used? People that are there. These guys that said, I can't come. I got to check my business equipment. I can't come. I got family issues. I can't come. It made the Lord angry. Remember the story? Made him angry. He said, they were invited, but they're not worthy. Did he understand about their excuses? Did he say, oh, I understand. Life is busy. And we got, no, he did not understand. It made him angry. Didn't it? And he said, they were not worth, they were invited, but they are not worthy. Now you go out into the highways and byways and you invite them all to come in. And he went out and he found people out, you know, by the side of the road doing nothing. And he invited them to come and they didn't have to check their schedule. (laughs) Come on now. He, He invited people. They were living in a cardboard box and he said, do you want to come? They didn't have to say, well, let me see. Can I break away? No, they were available and they were the ones that came in. They were the ones that got used. Who gets used? The people who are there. You can't use people that are not there. I know this sounds like too simple. But how do understand millions are missing it in this area? Every Millions are missing it. They're missing it. But we had such rich times. We just kept showing up at the meetings. Just kept showing up, showing up, showing up, showing up. And the more we showed up, the more we got used. Until, man, we were getting used a lot. And then people really began to get used. And you know what sometimes they say then? I just feel like I'm being used. <laughs> What do you want? I mean, you get before the Lord. Oh, God, use me. Oh, God, use me. And then you begin to have plenty to do. And I just feel like I'm being used. Because it's messing with your life. It's infringing on your hobbies. Well, I just don't know what to do. I don't know. I got this to do. It's real simple. You have to decide what's more important. Then you won't be confused. You ever had somebody call you, you're talking on the phone, and somebody's trying to talk to you in the car at the same time, or talk to you in the house? And you see people try to get confused, and they go, and get mad, snap at someone, don't you see I'm on the phone? Or No, it's real simple, there's no reason to be confused. You just have to decide immediately who's more important to talk to. And then, it's simple, you shut the other one off. You tell them, excuse me, I need to take this call, if that's more important. Not just that's more important, who's more important? 
If it's a leader or if it's an elder that's in the room with you, then you say, I'm sorry, I have to call you back by. We live in a world where people pride themselves in being able to multitask. And it is sheer disrespect. I mean, it is such disrespect. You're trying to talk to somebody and they're trying to text or they're trying to talk and they're trying to do all this other stuff. It is dishonoring, disrespectful, and it needs to stop. And I don't care who you think you are, you cannot do five things at the same time and do it right. You cannot. If you're going to do it well the way it should be done, you've got to focus on it. And you've got to decide what's important and what's not. And I know everybody enjoyed that. <laughs> well, you can't say we're prejudiced. We're just hitting everybody. I mean. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Faithful. Faithful. God is faithful. How can we see faithfulness in God? One reason we're saying here. He is always there. And you can always count on Him. And rely on Him. How about you? Are you where you're supposed to be? When you're supposed to be there? Can people count on you? Or do they know you may show or you may not? You may do what you were supposed to do. Or they may have to come behind you and redo it or do it themselves. This is unfaithfulness. There. In uh, Let me give you just a couple of more things before we go. Can you take it? Yes. Hmm? Yes, I think you can. We see a number of examples of people being faithful in the scriptures. And it's encouraging, it's heartening. Jonathan's armor bearer is a good example. Jonathan had such faith in God to protect them and use them. He was willing to attack an enemy force, just him. And his armor bearer. And before they scaled a cliff to attack a force, just them two. He looked at his armor bearer and he said, I believe the Lord had given it into our hands. And the armor bearer looked at him and he said, I am with you. Do what you got in your heart. Oh, don't that do something on the inside of you. Come on now. I am with you. How many understand? It would feel pretty lonely if it was just five or six of you. But at this point, he feels like it's just him. But he looks at his armor bearer, and instead of the guy saying, I don't think this is a good idea. I, <laughs> just me and you attacking this whole army. I think that's suicide, man. I mean... Could you let me go home? And he looks at him, and instead of getting any of that stuff, I understand that would be unfaithful. Instead of getting any of that, his armor bearer looks at him and says, I am with you. You do what you got in your heart. And man, they went up that thing, they scaled that thing, and they fought back to back, and God gave them a miracle that day. Somebody say faithful. 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 How many remember when Ruth... And Naomi, things are bad. All their men folk, which is all their providers in the natural, 
all gone. And in those days, being a woman without a man or a father or some kind of male figure was a terrible deal. And you could have no prosperity, no material things possibly. And she's telling those girls, I, you know, no reason for you to stay. You need to get out of here. You need to go back to your folks' house. And the one girl kissed her mother-in-law and left. What did Ruth say? Come on, tell me what Ruth said. In order to be faithful, you've got to? You've got to be there. What did Ruth say? No, don't ask me to leave. Don't ask me to leave. Because wherever you're going, that's where I'm going. Where you die, that's where I'm going to die. Your God is my God. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Somebody say with you. All the way. Say it again. All the way. Now let's just stop and talk about this. There's a lot of people like to think they're that way. But is everybody that way? No. Let's go back to the scripture. Many will declare his own faithfulness. But a faithful man who can find. Are there people everywhere that will really do that? There's people everywhere that will talk it. And people that will shout about it and take notes in church. But actually doing it on a Wednesday afternoon when it's raining and cold and ain't no organ music playing. Huh? It's three in the morning and it's a thousand miles away and this is the last money you got? Come on now. You don't feel hyped up. But that's when you see faithful people. (laughs) Faithful people. Elisha and Elijah. Remember that? He was with him. He was with him. He was with him. And as it got near the end, he said, I'm going to such and such place. He said, you can just stay here. What did he say? No. Uh-uh. Now let's come back to here. I've had people say to me, you know, we had the privilege of serving with the Hagans. They said, y'all must have really loved them, you know, to stay with them like you did and, and to serve them like you did. We did and we do. But that wasn't the main thing. That's not enough. Just loving people is not enough to sustain you through everything that can come up year after year after year. It's got to be bigger than that. We did love them. We do love them. But you know why we did it? Because we love the Lord. He told us to do it. And if you're doing it because He told you to do it, you'll do it whether anybody even appreciates it or not. You'll keep doing it. You'll keep doing it whether anybody knows you're doing it or recognizes it. Why? Because you're not just doing it for them. You're doing it unto the Lord. You're not just being faithful to people. You're being faithful to God. And that's what you can hear in Elisha. He was saying, oh no, uh uh-uh, no, no. As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, wherever you're going, I'm going. You going there, I'm going. They got to that town. And he said, you know, Elisha, I'm a, the Lord has dealt with me to go on over to here. You just stay here. It's been a long day. Roads are hot and dusty. Everybody, we're tired. You can just stay here. And I understand, I don't care who you are, at this point your flesh is going, sounds good to me. <laughs> I don't care who you are. Your flesh is going, great. 
But here's where you get back to this. Even though a man or woman may tell you it's okay, you don't have to go, that doesn't mean the Lord told you it was okay. And that's exactly what's happening with Elijah and Elisha. Elijah is telling him, you don't have to do this. And he said, yeah, I do. (laughs) The Lord sent me to help you. And until you're through, I'm not through. So please, let me stay. He said, well, come on, come on. (laughs) And how many know that kept happening until he went all the way, all the way, all the way, all the way. And the man of God looked at him and said, what do you want? (laughs) He said, I want what you got. But I want double. (laughs) He had to be a prosperity man, didn't he? Had to be. Had to be. And the man of God didn't say, you greedy rascal. No, no, what he he smiled and said, if you see me when I go, what does that mean? If you go all the way. How many understand if he hadn't have been there? What if he hadn't have been there? Who gets the double portion? Come on, tell me. Who gets the double portion? The people that are there. The people that keep being there. That are there. Over the years, Phyllis and I, sometimes we have just wept over some situations. We see the Lord put people in positions and do things with them. And you can just see what God's got in mind for them, what he's going to do. And then some little old thing, miff them and cause them to get offended. And they just quit. And they just leave. And then they're not there. And not there. And it'd be different if they were somewhere else doing the work of God. We know we're not the only thing around. But they're not somewhere else doing the work of God. They're doing nothing. And it's sad. Because days are clicking away. And soon and very soon, they are going to be standing before the Lord. And it's not going to mount to a hill of beans if they stand up there and the Lord says, why didn't you do that? Why weren't you faithful to do that? Well, they said something I didn't like. And I just wasn't comfortable. And I just wanted to stay home. And, well, you know how my wife is. And you know how my husband is. And you know, you understand, the Lord's not going to hear any of that. He's not going to receive any of that. He's not going to allow you any of that excuse. It's not going to hold water. So we better get it through our heads now. And push past our feelings. So many people are led into a God-joined situation by the Holy Spirit. Only to be too soon and too early led out by an offense. Holy Spirit didn't lead them out. They were offended. They got mad. They got upset. They got their feelings hurt. And became unfaithful. Unfaithful. Somebody say, not me. me. Say it again, not me. me. By the grace of God, God, I will be be faithful. faithful. Ecclesiastes says, if the anger of the ruler rises up against you, don't Leave your place. How many remember reading that? If the anger of the ruler rises up against you, what did the Lord say? Of all the things he could have said, what did he say? Don't leave 
your place. Well, they didn't treat me right. It's possible they didn't. Don't leave your place. Yeah, but it's a, I don't have to take that. I don't have to put up with that. If you won't obey God, you do. We got too many people that Jesus is not really their Lord. They are their own Lord. They write their own orders. People think, hey, I'm free. I can do what I want to do. They think they can take whatever job they want to. They can quit it whenever they want to. They can join whatever church they want to. They can quit it whenever they want to. They can, you know, quit their marriages. They can quit their families. They can change things just like they do their clothes. Well, then Jesus is not your Lord. You are your own Lord. It's not always easy. There's been times in our life where I wanted to transfer. <laughs> I'm serious. There's been times I came and fell across the bed late in the nighttime and wept and said, God, I'm requesting a transfer. And it came back, deny. Deny. Deny, and I'm so glad he did. He knew it was just my flesh. It's just my immaturity and ignorance. But it's very real to me at the time. But it came back. Denied. Now, if I'm a good soldier, what do I do? Endure hardness. As a good soldier, what do I do? I stand up, I straighten my uniform, and I say, yes, sir. I delight to do your will, O God. And if this is where you got me stationed, this is where my duty is. And by your grace, I'm going to stand my post. I'm going to do my job. I'm going to do it with joy. But millions are not doing that. They are not doing it. It gets hot in the kitchen. They get out the kitchen. It's like soldier being stationed in uh, northern Alaska in the wintertime. And they're up there and go, man, it's cold up here. Don't we have bases in Honolulu? <laughs> I'm going to Honolulu. So you just leave your post and go to Honolulu. Hmm? What if you did that? You are out of the will of the service, the army or whatever it is you were serving in. Right? And you're in trouble. You could be imprisoned. Wonder how many AWOL Christians we got. They have left their post. They are writing their own orders. They're transferring their self at whim. Because they got miffed. Because something didn't suit them. Because something didn't go the way they thought it ought to go. And so they just quit. Just unfaithful. Just leave. If you do that, you will always be a defeated baby Christian. You cannot grow up that way. You cannot develop that way. Brother Hagin, my father in the faith, he said this one time. He said, you want to know, he's talking to some people. He said, you want to know why I'm settled today? Why I'm established? Go to 1 Peter 5. I'll show you what he was talking about here. We'll close with this, I think. 1 Peter, are you there? Fifth chapter. The, Brother Hagin has said to us and some other folks, he said, do you want to know why I'm settled? And I worked with him for years. He was settled. He was not a roller coaster Christian. He wasn't up and down. You didn't see. I never saw him have a, a pity party. Never. Ever. Ever. I never saw him 
get down in the dumps and get depressed. Never, ever. I was with him for 20 some years. He was stable. He was. And that's one of the definitions of faithfulness. One of the Old Testament definitions of the Hebrew word for faithful is permanent, quiet, secure, permanent. I think you could wrap that up in the word stable. Catch you. Faithful people are stable. Unfaithful people are unstable. Can't count on them. And he said, do you want to know why I'm stable and settled today? And of course, he's older in age by that time. Of course, everybody thought, yeah, 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 tell us. He said, it's because I've suffered. Well, that's not necessarily what you expect to hear the faith man say. Because I've suffered. Like we've said before, you know, faith people, word people, don't like, they don't like that word at all. Suffer. And sometimes it's because of confusion. Because we're still getting our mind renewed to hundreds of years of wrong teaching that God puts physical suffering and financial suffering and everything else on us. No, there's more than one kind of suffering. And this kind of suffering you hadn't been redeemed from. What suffering is that, Brother Keith? It is suffering not getting your way. Can you suffer not getting your way? Oh, oh. That's what I was talking about earlier when I was laying in there crying, requesting a transfer. I wasn't getting my way. Oh, man. <laughs> 1 Peter 5. 1 Peter 5, are you there? Verse 10. But the God of all grace, who has called us to His eternal glory by Christ Jesus... Read that next phrase to me. What? After that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. How do you get there? How do you get there? Perfected, matured, completed. How do you get there? Established, strengthened. Settled. How do you get there? See, you don't even like to say that, do you? How do you get there? Suffering, Suffering what? Brother Hagin went on to explain some things. He said, oh man. He said, in the early days of my ministry, he said, every church the Lord sent me to was a troubled church. He talked about one church. He said they had so much strife and division. He said part of them sit on one side and other parts sit on the other and just glared at each other and nobody would swap sides. It was. He said he'd prepare and pray and even fast and pray and get up and preach his heart and it felt to him spiritually like he's throwing out a ball and it just bounced off the back wall and hit him in the face. And he'd just be exhausted after a Sunday morning. And he said he'd go back after Sunday morning and Sunday night. And he and Miss Aretha's laying down on the bed to go to sleep. And he'd tell her, if I didn't know God called me here, I'd go get a U-Haul right now. I'd back it up to this porch. And I'd load this thing up. And we'd be gone in the morning. And they'd say, where did Brother Hagin go? He said they must have said that. Numbers, you know, next Sunday, same thing. Next Sunday, same thing, he'd come back and say, if I didn't know, God told me. How many understand, a lot of people wouldn't have just said that. 
They'd have done it. They'd have gone. Why? Oh, this can't be God. This is too hard. These people don't respect my gift. They're not supporting me. When the Lord tells you to do something, He didn't tell you they had to appreciate it. He just told you to do it. In the Ramo Ministerial Association, an organization, one several years ago, a pastor called in. He said, y'all need to send somebody up here and take this church. And he's the one God had used, he and his family, to start the church. And it was flourishing. And they just built a brand new building. And it was great. He said, you need to send somebody up here to take this thing. I'm leaving. And the guy that was talking to him, the head of the organization, he's had some wisdom about him. He said, wait, 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 what? Man, I thought God sent you up there. He said, well, yeah, yeah, but he said, I'm leaving. He said, send somebody up here. Take this thing. We're gone. He said, why? He said, well, these people just don't appreciate us. They don't appreciate us. And he said, did you know, after all these years and after all this work, and he was just working night and day on that building and some of that stuff. He's doing some of it with his own hands and everything else. And he said, do you know what this whole congregation got together and gave me and my wife for Christmas this year? He said, what? He said, a five by seven picture of Jesus. The whole congregation. Five by seven picture of Jesus. He said, they don't appreciate us. They don't care whether we're here or not. Send somebody up here. We're leaving. He said, no, wait, brother, wait, wait, wait. Five by seven picture of Jesus. Wait, he said. He said, I thought you told me back some years ago. The Lord sent you up there. Well, well see, people don't want to talk about that. They don't want to talk about that. I thought the Lord sent you up there. See, are we back to the same thing now? Where are you assigned? Where are you stationed? Where has God posted you? Are you your own Lord? Can you write your own orders? Can you release yourself? Transfer yourself? Do what you want, when you want? If you do, He's not your Lord. You are not faithful. He said... Yeah, yeah. He said, now wait a minute. Come on. You told me. You've told me more than once. And there's fruit of it that the Lord sent y'all there. Yeah, well, yeah, he did. Well, has he sent you somewhere else? Has he released you and sent you somewhere else? Well, I don't know that I can say that. But, but we're leaving. You better send somebody up here. Because we're leaving. These people don't appreciate us. He said, did he tell you they had to appreciate you? When he sent you up there. Did he tell you you could leave if they didn't? How many understand we live in a generation of weaklings? We live in a generation of little whiny babies. And if somebody don't prop them up and make much to do out of them and brag on them three times a week, they'll quit. And they'll leave and they'll go somewhere else. Brother Hagin was talking about that. He said, every church the Lord sent me to, he said, it was tough. I wanted to leave. I wanted to quit. He said, but the Lord sent me there. So he stayed. And every assignment, there was an element of that. But he suffered. What did he suffer? He wanted to leave. He wanted to do something else. But he had to suffer not getting his way and suffer staying put. And what happened? After years of that, 
Now he is perfected. Now he is settled. Now he is established. How many understand? Strong, mature. Why? Faithful. 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 How many believe he'll hear? Well done. Well done. Good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Now, be ruler over much. Stand up on your feet, everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.